What's going on, Whisper Nation? Johnny Game Time Hicks here with Big Travi and the woman behind the mirror, Chelsea Lee Byers. And we are talking wide receivers in the 2019 NFL draft right here on the Fantasy Whispers. It's Monday, April 15th, and you are listening to the Fantasy Whispers with your host, Johnny Game Time Hicks and Big Travi. And I'm Chelsea. <laughs> How's it going? How's it? How, how we're back in the lab recording an op- awesome episode. We got some big fun things going on today, Travis. We're talking, we're adding a little bit of Game of Thrones. It's coming out, it's yeah. going to sweep the nation. Winter has come. Yes, winter is here. The uh, chase for the Iron Throne is on, and you're talking about big, fun things. Johnny, unlike our running back episodes, I'm actually really excited about these wide receivers. I think that's where the talent is in uh, the pool as far as the skill positions this year in the NFL draft. So give me some big, fast wide receivers. I want to start digging through them. And then, of course, as you said, ending the show on a great note, um, as we record this today is Game of Thrones premiere, and you guys will be listening. We'll we'll just give them a little preview. We want we don't want to give them too much right now. Yeah, we yeah, want to don't break them off everything. <laughs> All right. Well, before we get into today's show, I always like to say thank you to Whisper Nation. And if you're worried and you're like I'm I'm I want to be a part of Whisper Nation, I'm not a part of Whisper Nation yet. You can certainly join us. We make shows all the time. We put them on YouTube, so head on over to YouTube to search the Fantasy Whispers. Also, check out our Instagram page. Big Travi works really hard on that, puts out some really awesome graphics over there. Slide into those DMs. We're always trying to look to uh, reach out to the community, bring you guys on, get on other people's uh, stuff just to spread this fiend of fantasy football, Travis. You've been you've been all over the place, man, killing it. And so if you follow us on those platforms, you'll know we always post when we're about to go live, when we're going on other shows. So please follow us and be a part of Whisper Nation's community. Just search the Fantasy Whispers or go to thefantasywhispers.com and you can one, find all of our on. articles there. Sorry? <laughs> come one, come all. Exactly. Everybody's Everybody's welcome in the Whisper Nation. All right, Travis, we will start off this show with a guy who's there's there's two sides of the story, two sides of the coin here. You're either pro or you're against, and that's DK Metcalf out of Ole Miss, 6'3", 228 pounds. This guy, not, you know, not a lot of hype coming out of college. But then he hit the combine, and Travis, his stock just exploded due to his four three three forty time. Travis and his and his monster bench of twenty seven bench presses. Uh, you have a different point of view for for DK Metcalf, so I want to let you you go. You spill what you're you know creating in your lab, what you're seeing when the game film. And let Whisper Nation know exactly what you think of DK Metcalf. 
Well, listen, it's hard to argue the talent. You said it, Johnny. Four three three forty twenty seven bench. He's got a forty point five vertical. A lot of people want to compare this guy to Julio Jones. Like that's the yeah. comps he's getting because of their similar, um, their similar combines. That's not a comp that works for me. You look it's at horrible. what Julio was able to do. His route tree is way more extensive than DK Metcalf. He is uh, more skilled as far as footwork. Um, and then you look at the other comps that are coming out. One was Josh Gordon, and that one actually really interested me mm. because Josh Gordon was a straight line guy that could burn your defense and just take the top off right away. I think DK Metcalf can do that. But I think similar to uh, Josh Gordon, DK Metcalf is all going to be about um, you know dedication to the craft. It's going to be about his work ethic. It's going to be about if he's willing to learn and change and adapt with the offense. He had a drop rate, Johnny, of 10.3%. That was ranked 31st in the nation. He only had six catches of 20-plus yards. That also ranked 63rd in the nation. So you're looking at a guy that you know, needs some work. He's going to be a little bit raw. He's going to need to come in, and he's going to need to work on all the things that make a wide receiver good in the NFL, and that doesn't just come from running really fast and beating defenses. Yeah, I mean, of course you're going to – point everyone wants to point out the fact that he only had you know so many passes over 20 yards but you have to look at what kind of offense this guy was on in college first of all he only played in seven games because he because he had a serious neck injury that that kept him out the majority of last season but Travis in those seven games that he played he recorded five touchdowns Um, he had 40 he only he only had 40 targets. You're telling me a guy who's 6'3, 228 pounds can't garnish more than 40 targets in an offense? That's not to me that's not a player, to me that's scheme. And when you look at the scheme that he was in, he was in with one of the best wide receiver classes in the nation and we're going to talk about one of his teammates a little bit later on in the show and AJ Brown and so for me, Travis, and then and then you look at his his third other option over there at Old Miss, and that and you have um, excuse me, Mar- uh, Demarcus Lodge. So you had three solid wide receivers over in uh, playing for Old Miss. The quarterback was not one of the best quarterbacks in the nation, and so he can he had struggled to get him the ball. This definitely depends. If he goes, my favorite landing spot would be New England Patriots. Why? Because Bill Belichick knows how to use his players, and he will put DK in the right position to succeed. Okay, he's not good at the at the 20 shuttle or the three-cone. People want to argue that. The guy slipped on the three-cone drill. And if even if you you say that oh he slipped he had a seven point it was like seven point four I believe on a, on the uh, three cone drill Larry Fitzgerald only had a six point nine so nobody had questions about Larry Fitzgerald coming out of college on on oh he's not that uh, fast he's not so agile there was none of that question so yeah for me, but I mean Fitzgerald's had extensive work he had a catalog of work we knew what he was we'd seen a correct, lot of games correct when you. When you look at a guy that doesn't have a lot of game tape, you want him to wow you in the uh, combine, which Metcalf did. Like, I yeah. don't want to nitpick the little things that he did wrong. 1.6% body fat. Yes. I, well, listen, that could be, you know, your your uh, your summer goals right there. Hashtag fitness goals. But uh, I don't even know how that's possible. I, he's he's a beast, dude. He's a yeah. robot. I yeah. don't I don't get it. Um, 
But yeah, for me, Metcalf, at what point are we just making a bunch of excuses up of why he wasn't this or that? I want to see him get into the NFL, Johnny. I think you said New England. I love that fit. Indianapolis is another fit I like because he's kind of a a guy that can, and you know, T.Y. Hilton isn't that straight line guy all the time. T.Y. Hilton's more of the underneath possession receiver sometimes. So I kind of see DK meshing well there, Um, but I think it's going to have to be system specific and he gets in somewhere like a, I don't know, like kind of what Sam, like what happened to Sammy in Buffalo. He got in and had to be the guy. And I Mm -hmm. think if that kind of happens to Metcalf and he has to be the number one, he could be in trouble. Well, Buffalo is definitely an interesting landing spot, right? They have a high draft pick and in need of wide receiver depth there. I like that. You have a, a quarterback who can f- launch the ball 80 yards in the air, so that's kind of perfect for him. The other things that I like about him, Travis, are he comes from a family of NFL players. and um, So his dad was an NFL player. His uncle was an NFL player. It runs in his blood. You talked about him if he's willing to get in there and grind. He's already a beast in the weight room. He, he loves doing that. He's a gym rat. So I think that can translate over into uh, onto the field. He'll continue to work on that. He needs to work on blocking. My biggest comp for him is actually Terrell Owens. I think that's the best comp for him. You looked at Terrell Owens was a very good go wide receiver. He had a lot of problems with drops. If you remember that, he would get like monster, like break the the corner and and then look for a touchdown and then he just drops. He gets he gets a case of the drops. So uh, I think DK Metcalf could be. Like Terrell Owens, Terrell Owens is just inducted into the Hall of Fame. So I think this guy can be productive. He just, you have to take his skill set for what it is and play to that skill set. So for me, I like DK Metcalf. I'm on his bandwagon. I'm probably leading his bandwagon, by the way. (laughs) Yeah. Well, let's talk about the next guy, Johnny. Uh, Let's let the Whisper Nation know who we're talking about next. I believe it's our, our guy, Marquise Brown, out of Oklahoma. Guys coming in at five foot nine inches, 166 pounds. Johnny, this guy is a speedster, a speed demon. Talk to me a little bit about Marquise Brown. All right. First off, you you forgot to mention his nickname. It's Marquise Hollywood Brown. Uh, that's right. And yeah. uh, it's it's not due to California Hollywood. It is due to the fact that he is from Hollywood, Florida. So he he's repping that. He's got that going for him. He is the cousin of star diva wide receiver Antonio Brown, um, who just got traded to the Oakland Raiders. And a couple of interesting things there. He is actually tied as one you know one of the mock drafts that I've seen or a couple of them have him actually going to Oakland which I don't think uh, I like that fit too much but Travis you're well, looking they just signed Tyrell that would kind of be an interesting yeah I, I I'm not buying it too much on the on the Oakland uh side I'm, I'm not seeing it uh this guy played 12 games last year and he recorded uh 1,318 receiving yards he did that on 75 receptions Travis uh where he had 140 targets and 10 touchdowns, that's a very nice 17.6 yards per care, uh, yards per reception. Thing, uh, excuse me. He also had 26 percent of his team's market share, which you like that coming into the NFL. You know that he can w- handle the workload. He was the uh, main wide receiver for Oklahoma. He's a natural route runner. He makes defensives miss because he's so fast. One concern that I have, Travis, is he is, he has 
uh, a Liz Frank injury right now, and they're saying he'll be ready to go by training camp. But we didn't get to see him at the combine, and he was, you know, raving about how he was. He really thought he could contend for the all-time record with John Ross with the four-two forty time. He says he can beat it. I, you know, that'll be interesting. A lot of people want to knock his size, 5'9", 166 pounds. But this guy has already gained weight coming from high school into college. He weighed even less, and he put on weight, and he says he's going to continue to put on weight. He wants to get around 175. Hey, this this really makes me want to think of uh, John Brown. Uh, I don't believe there's any correlation there. But John Brown, he reminds me a lot of him, who is very, very fast, Runs a lot of goes and, you know, gets a lot of pass interference calls. So I think that's what Marquise Brown can do for you. He's got it in his DNA to be a very talented wide receiver. But Travis, I know you have some concerns with Marquise Brown and let Whisper Nation know what those concerns are. And if how concerned are you for dynasty format for Marquise Brown? Yeah, so I'll just start with the goods, right? Uh, you you mentioned a lot of the goods, too. Uh, you look at NFL.com and even Matt Miller of Bleacher Reporter calling this guy comparable to Deshaun Jackson. That's a great mm. NFL comp for a burner. You want to be a guy that's electric like Deshaun Jackson if, you wanna, if you're that prototypical wide receiver. Uh, he was ranked in the top five for pro football focuses, yards per route run and deep pass yards. So we're talking about a guy that really got made his money in the deep ball. You talked about the missed combine. You talked about his size. And for me, only 5'9 and 166 and being an injury-prone receiver means you're a small guy that gets hurt. Are you going to continue to get hurt by being small? Like that, that's, Is that the story of your career? You, you talk about Deshaun Jackson or maybe a Tyreek Hill, these smaller, freakish wide receivers. Both those guys, you know, Deshaun Jackson was six foot, uh, six foot even, 178 pounds at the time of the draft. Terry Kill was five foot 10, 185 at the time of the draft. So these are guys that are taller and bigger than him that when they came in and they weren't injury prone coming in. So obviously these are, you know, you want to be compared to these guys. They're more at the top of their position. Um, but I, I like the John Brown comp. I think what you've got there is a, a guy that, you know, John Brown would probably be a lot more productive in the NFL without the sickle cell trait, right? right so right. Mm-hmm. Uh, we don't know anything about that for Marquise Brown. So I would say that maybe a, a great comp with an opportunity to supersede John Brown's ceiling thus far in the NFL. L- listen, I'm gonna I'm gonna throw this out there right now for Marquise Brown. Marquise Brown, hit me up on Twitter at John Hicks33. Bro, I will get you up in weight in no time. I'll get you on that go mad diet. That's right. You're gonna put him on the DK Metcalf diet? No, what? I'm gonna I'm gonna put him on the go mad diet, the gallon of whole milk a day diet, along with the regular food. Bro, you'll you'll be getting. Like I put on Oreos. No, dude, I I I did it coming out of Oreos. I did it out of college. This is not FDA approved. Do not listen to Johnny. <laughs> no, I'll tell you. I'll tell you from experience. It is. A surefire way to gain weight. I came out of college weighing one thirty. I'm not even sure you can physically drink a gallon of milk a day. Like I, I don't think you. No, I think your body will reject. It. No, I've I did it. I did it for two months, and I went from one thirty to one fifty five in two months. I'm telling you, a gallon of whole milk is twenty five hundred calories, and then you eat your normal dairy, uh, your normal diet uh, along with that. You'll put on. 
Whoa. As much as I'd love to let you keep going on the fitness podcast, Johnny, I, uh, we got we to gotta roll along here. So tell the Whisper Nation who we're talking about next. All right. I mentioned him earlier in this show. He is the star wide receiver on the opposite side of DK Metcalf, the one who's hogging all the targets. A.J. Brown, he is six foot nothing, 226 pounds. Travis. I know you're really excited about this guy, so I'm going to let you jump in here first before I kind of come in with a little not so good of news. Yeah, to- I know I know you want to take take the thunder away from my guy here, but as you as as Whisper Nation knows, last year my bromance of the year was Juju Smith-Schuster and we good. all saw Juju Smith-Schuster dominate I love the comp here for A.J. Brown to Juju Smith-Schuster because you're looking at a guy in A.J. Brown that is talented from the slot. He had 800 800 slot yards last year, which ranked 13th in the nation. But the biggest thing, Johnny, here is we talked about it last week with the running backs. The one truth in all of this when you're dissecting uh, college players is the game film. And when I watch this guy on film, Johnny, he's always in the right spot. He tracks the ball well. He has great stop-start ability, very deceptive speed. I just think that he's got it all. I saw him scoring a lot of touchdowns uh, for Ole Miss last year. You can knock the speed if you want, but he's crafty, and he's going to get open that way. And even without that top-end speed that I know Johnny's going to knock down here in a couple seconds, he was 26th in deep ball receptions with 10 and 27th with deep pass yards with 387. So the guy can do it all. He's well-rounded. I think that given uh, getting in the right system, you put this guy in New England like we talked about. You put this guy with Indy. You put him with even – I think even Oakland would be a good spot. Pair him up with A.B. I, uh, I really like A.J. Brown. All right. So for me, a little bit on his credentials, Travis. He played 12 games last year, and he had – 1,320 receiving yards. He had 85 receptions on 115 targets. He had 30% of his team's target share. And he, you talked about the touchdowns. He had six, and he had a very nice 15.5 yards per reception. I like all of that. I think that when you look at that t- kind of player, There is definitely that in the NFL. I think it translates. However, I don't think that he is going to be ever or even considered uh, the wide receiver one for any team because he lacks that top speed. He isn't the best catcher. Uh, I mean, he comes up with some very, very nice catches, don't get me wrong, but his hands aren't the softest, right? He runs mostly under routes, and he doesn't have the full route tree. We talked about DK's big knock was that he can only run the deep balls, and that's what his whole thing is, but you look at A.J. Brown, and he really can't go, he can't run the deep ones. He only runs over the middle. He runs the underneath stuff. So for me, he would be a very nice complimentary player for a team. I, I like your uh, Oakland Raiders, I think, with Antonio Brown there. I think that would be a nice complimentary uh, pl- uh, role there. Uh, he reminds me a lot of a poor man's Jarvis Landry, where he's he runs a lot of the underneath. He's a he's he's a tough guy. He's really gritty. Yeah. 
Uh, Disrespect is real here. Grinding it out. My my best landing spot for him, him, Travis, would be the 49ers. I think if he goes to the 49ers, there's real potential there to be a very solid wide receiver. As you know, I'm a really big Pettis fan there, so I don't think he can overcome Pettis in that pecking order. But I do like his fit with the uh, 49ers if he were to go there. All right, we are we are going to move on to our second to last guy we're going to talk about today. He happens to be my number one wide receiver on the board and my favorite, not just because he went to Arizona State. That is Nikhil Harry out of Arizona State, 6'2", 228 pounds, Travis. He played 12 games last year where he had 1,088 receiving yards, 73 receptions on 104 targets, nine touchdowns, and a nice 14.9 yards per carry. Travis, let Whisper Nation know what your breakdown is, Nikhil Harry, what you saw on tape, and is that going to translate over to the NFL? Yeah, I think he's got a real good combo of everything you want to see. But I think the biggest thing for me, breaking down tape, this guy is essentially the same size as DK Metcalf. So we're talking yeah. about DK Metcalf as this beast or this gigantic human being. Nikhil Harry is one inch shorter and the same weight. So he is a big physical wide receiver. He's both, a competitive. They both bench 27 times on the on exactly. the bench. And it's like Harry is not getting all of this because of the picture of of DK Metcalf with his shirt off that makes him look like he's, you know, the Terminator. But like for me, Nikhil Harry is a competitive guy. He's a beast in contested catch. He loves the back shoulder throw. Is he slower than DK? Yeah, just a little bit. But you're looking at a guy who still was 21st in yards per route run with 2.71. And if you look at both of these guys, pro football focus grades, and if you guys don't know about how pro football focus grades, they take every single play. And they take every single player on that play and they grade them on that play. And then they take that and they extrapolate it out over and give them a grade on every year. And last year, you looked at Nikhil Harry get a grade of 80.3 and DK Metcalf get a grade of 70.9. So you could talk about how DK Metcalf was hurt, but it doesn't matter. They don't grade him on the injury. They grade him on every play he played. And so that, for me, is why Nikhil Harry is above DK Metcalf, even though you see a lot of mock drafts where Metcalf is going ahead of him. Um He's going to struggle. Uh, Nikhil Harry is a little bit in press coverage, but this is a guy that's competitive. He's going to get in with a good wide receivers coach and learn from these guys and do his studying, do his book work. I can't wait to see what team this guy lands with. You get a Nikhil Harry on the Patriots and watch yeah. out because yeah. that is the perfect marriage of a guy that's very competitive with a team that needs a wide receiver and will just completely work the hell out of their wide receivers. Yeah, I like the the one, going to New England. You certainly like that landing spot. Um, the Arizona Cardinals, to me, would be, obviously, I would really like if we got <laughs> Nikhil Harry. Been kind of preaching that to the choir all year long. But even the 49ers, I really like that. The interesting thing, Travis, is they didn't really use Nikhil Harry to go deep that much. That was the one knock on him. A lot of play, a lot of people in the industry think that you, if you could take, you know, DK Metcalf's deep ball and ability and and how fast he is, and pair it with Nikhil Harry and his short game, because a lot of the time Nikhil Harry was running a lot of, you know quick screens and then he would do his work and damage after the play it's hard to bring him down so it's kind of interesting you you 
if you were to shape those two wide receivers together, you could get the super elite wide receiver. But I'm with you. I would definitely take Nikhil Harry over DK Metcalf. And I really like how crafty is and elusive. He's a physical wide receiver. You mentioned it. You might have. You might struggle off the line, uh, but people aren't a hundred percent sure because he wasn't really tested too often with being, uh, you know, jammed at the line. He'll get that a lot more in the NFL. So we'll see. But um, he doesn't get a lot of separation uh, from his wide receivers. But the but there's something really interesting that I really like about Nikhil Harry Travis, and that's the fact that he knows how to use his body, and he's really good with his hands. So he uses his body to kind of shield off the defender, and he catches it with his hands. And that's something that you really like. That's something that uh you know from my own backyard, Larry Fitzgerald. That's why he became so good because he learned to get the ball with his hands, not catch it with his body, which I really love about Nikhil Harry. So my NFL comp actually, Travis is Anquan Bolden. He's a guy who's was, you know, a grinder, very competitive, love to fight for every yard. And I see a lot of that on Nikhil Harry's tape as well as he had very solid hands, very tough guy. So for me, I, like you said, New England, the Cardinals, that's a little bit biased. I'm crossing my fingers on that one. Uh, but 49ers as well. I can see all of these being very, very nice, juicy landing spots for Nikhil Harry. Here's my question to you, Travis, because this is a real legit question, probably of any of these other wide receivers. Where are you willing to take Nikhil Harry in mock drafts for re- redraft leagues? I've seen him go as high as the seventh round, which you know, depending on the situation he goes to. Yeah. Um, but what, it's what... going to have to depend on situation. But if you put him with a New England, yeah, he's definitely worth the seventh round there, in my opinion. Um, it has to be the right fit. He's got to come in and slide right into a workable role, even as a number two um, uh, or as a number one with a team. So New England's good. I did like uh, the 49ers as a possible landing spot. Green Bay, you know, Green Bay's sitting there with two yeah. first round picks. If they uh... make a move for... For one of these wide receivers, you could be looking at uh, some real profitable uh, anybody that. Yeah. So Nikhil Harry, I really like the A.J. Brown as a, as a slot guy possibility for Green Bay. Uh, but we'll save that for another show after the draft, hopefully, uh, um, and move on to our next guy, Johnny Terry McLaurin out of Ohio State, six foot zero, 208 pounds. This is probably our most raw talent of today's show. He's probably the guy, you know, he's sitting here at the at the bottom, you know, hey, wait for me, guys. Mm-hmm. Talk about me a little bit. Um, he He's a special teams kind of guy where he has that special teams background. So that means he's got that work ethic. He's willing to do the dirty work. He's willing to do what it takes to get on the roster. He ran a 4-3-5-40, Johnny. And kind of an interesting stat that I liked here. He ranked third in the nation in deep ball, in deep ball catch percentage at 71.4. So he he's, you know, definitely got that part of his game, especially with the speed there. But he catches the ball with his body a lot. And that could cause problems in the NFL. You talk about these defenders that are going to be blanketed all over you. He's got to learn to catch with his hands more, get that ball out in front of him, high point it, uh, et cetera. So not a not a great catch radius there. Uh, I don't have a, a lot left for him, Terry, or for, for him, Johnny. So why don't you break him down a little bit more for Whisper Nation? All right. Yeah. So you're looking at a guy who had, he played 12 games last year. He only had 701 receiving yards on, uh, he had 35 receptions on 46 targets, which is a little head scratching, right? He had 
something that jumps off the page here, 11 touchdowns, so which is insane. You're talking about one practically one every yeah. 30 every three receptions this guy pretty much goes for a touchdown which is crazy don't expect that to continue but my question here is a lot like the dk metcalf question right why if this guy is so good why wasn't he targeted more why weren't you trying to get the ball to him and this really makes me wonder about what we're getting here right and i think that's why he's falling in drafts unfortunately he had a wonderful senior bowl where he really killed it and that was when a lot of people started turning their heads toward this guy and saying hey maybe yeah, there's really a dime bowl, in there. Yeah. yeah i think that senior bowl is the reason why we're talking about him in this show the reason why he's the fifth guy that, that he crept up into this grouping of, of wide receivers up here right you know, because of that showing something that I like Travis is the fact that he hasn't missed a game in the last three years. So he's pretty durable. He's got nice size and speed with toughness and a toughness and athleticism. He is an excellent route uh, runner after the catch. He only had 9% of his team's target share, which is it. That is just insane to me, especially when you say he had 11 touchdowns, Travis, 11 yeah. touchdowns on 9% target share. It's insane. He's a great blocker. Uh, he's the a Will Fuller. Yeah, exactly. That's college. that's my that's my NFL comp. I I think that a, a Will Fuller is someone. I don't think he can be a wide receiver one, but I think he's going to be a great a great wide receiver two for a team. He's a great locker room guy. Everyone raves about him. Says he's he's great in the locker room. He just cheers people on. He you know a motivational guy. So uh, to me, I really really like him a lot, and I think. And dare I say it, out of the top five wide receivers that we mentioned on today's show, I actually think he has the highest ceiling. Why? Because he is kind of like an under-the-radar guy. And these are the types of guys, Travis, let's face it, these are the guys that pop off and become stars. Antonio Brown was the same way. He was a small town guy. Everyone wants to knock him because, you know, he didn't receive any offers coming out of college, like any D1 offers coming out of college. And then all of a sudden he plays one year in a community college and gets all these offers. Like scouts miss things all the time. And I think that they could have, they could be missing something here. I love this. If someone gets him on the third day of a draft, kudos to them. I think they've got a stud. Yeah, I'm I'm excited about him uh, to see where he lands, see what kind of fit he gets, and and uh, see if all that comes to fruition. If he can work hard enough to get to to where he needs to go there. All right, that wraps up the today's show for the main part. Now we get to we get to get into the exciting part, but first. We got to check over with manager Chelsea, the woman behind the mirror, and let us know if we messed up on anything today, Chelsea. I think you guys are did uh, pretty good. The one thing I did notice was that Deshaun Jackson is not six foot. Oh, five what is? Ten. He's five foot ten. Oh, I'm nice. Oh, ten. I am, I'm very well aware of who else is five ten in this world, and Deshaun Jackson is one of us. Wow, wow. very, very nice. Ah, I that that's surprising to me. Even on yeah, even can... on the field, he looks six feet. I mean, it could well be that was that the draft profile out of, out of college at six foot, and he is now five huh? ten. Does that? That doesn't happen. Does that happen? <laughs> Two inches. It's like I woke up out of bed. I'm five eleven, but today on my hinge profile, I'm gonna put that I'm six <laughs> foot. So right. is that the same thing? Could be. Could be. Okay. And we know that these numbers can get inflated for different. Yeah. Yeah. Kind of interesting. Uh, anyways, that was the only thing I caught. 
Okay. And now I'm excited to talk about Game of Thrones for sure. Mm-hmm. All right, so let's let's get into this section. Play a little. Can we just say how awesome? Like, how? Sorry. Hey, don't. Uh, technical. You could play it on, yeah. play it on repeat, Just, and I would be fine. Yeah. How dope is that? Vi- the violin little solo breakdown right there. Classic. Yeah, I mean that's not what I was thinking of. I thought you were just going to say the song's great, but yeah, that's cool. Oh, the song is the great. Yeah, the song's yeah. great, but that violin is like no. But really, shout out to Game of Thrones like soundtrack, especially oh. season six, like that. This show is incredible, but yeah. yeah. And now we're diving in. Uh, so you both know that we're recording today, the just hours before the premiere of Woo. season eight. That's starts. what I'm talking about. Uh, the show you all be listening to in a post Game of Thrones season eight episode one world. So lucky to all these listeners right now, you have seen the first episode of Game of Thrones. Uh, but we're gonna do a little predictions. Uh, I have some Ooh. questions for Johnny and Travis. And, and I'm curious, uh, you know, the ultimate question. I want to hear you both answer. Who will sit on the Iron Throne? Uh, Travis, uh, you want to go first? Uh, go for it, Johnny. Um, I believe it will be Jon Snow sitting on the Iron Throne at the end of the day. Sorry, you mean Aegon Targaryen? Yeah. Yeah, sure. Don't discredit him with, wow, dude. with saying his okay. wow. <laughs> Unreal, dude. Whatever. Unreal. Um, no I'm one knows him as that, okay? Opinion here. Uh, I don't think anyone's going to sit on the Iron Throne. Uh, I think that uh, every, you know, like pretty much a lot of people are going to die, <laughs> and maybe King's Landing is going to go into uh, like ruin. Essentially, there might be some, you know, people that survive this great battle, and they, uh, you know, end up taking up home in the north and and kind of going from there. But I think King's Landing is done. I think if you look at it like. All the people that are there, um, you know, Cersei's killed everybody that really matters there, except for herself and like her people. All the common folk are there. I don't think that I think that that city's pretty much done. Nice. Uh, On that note, who doesn't die? Uh, I try to think of this question in a million different ways, but I guess by the end of the show, who do you think is still standing? Do you think there'll be a a Stark uh, as Warden or King of the North? Do you think? You know, how many Targaryens are left? Who do you think is left standing uh, as we see that closing scene uh, at the end of the season? Um, Travis, you want to go first? <laughs> yeah, uh, I think Arya lives. Uh, I think she's gone through so much and the whole thing has been the plight with her with death and life. And, you know, um, she's done a lot of work to be in the face of death all the time, which would make you think like she's gonna die but i think the 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 essential twist to that is no she lives and she can get all these faces all the time so i think that um i think aria makes it through and i think you know we're talking about a stark i think that she makes it through um i i was actually thinking the other day i think that cersei could live oh like everybody keeps saying that she's yeah because everybody keeps saying she's gonna die right and so my thing was like oh that would be the ultimate like f you to all these people that want to see her die is that she lives and and i know that they we've had a lot of wins in the last two years especially since they've gone away from the books uh or the books haven't been like they they got past the books right 
So since then, we've had a lot of wins, a lot of good wins, and we're feeling good about where we're going. You know, Jon Snow's not a bastard anymore, and he's with Daenerys, and all this stuff is great. You know, our only real big loss in the last couple of years has been the dragon. So, like, for me, I'm like... What, I Hodor? Hodor! Well, oh, sorry. <laughs> but that was season five? Um, yeah. I, yeah, either way. Um, for me, I think uh, Cersei would be a, a real... F you. So I think that would be that one would be really interesting. Um gosh, this is a really difficult question. Well, you already said John's gonna sit on the Iron Throne, so wouldn't you think that John survives? Yeah, but here's what I'm okay, so Game of Thrones they released the the soundtrack and apparently there's supposed to be like a lot of hints at as to what's going on in the season. And one of the songs is the don't let me live don't let me die and i think that refers to john snow and i have a an eerie suspicion that john snow because he's always been this guy who's like let me try to make peace which is great like i think that's great but i think he's going to try to make peace with the with the um the the night king the night king and he's going to say doesn't talk, you bro. can't make peace <laughs> yeah, with no. the night but he's going to say i mean if the if the guy shakes his hand and makes the deal it doesn't matter you don't need to speak okay here's he what i'm saying sandy turns into a white hey, walker what I, kind of deal i think that that's the deal i think john snow will say i will turn into a uh, you can turn me into a white walker but leave the people alone and we'll take this land or whatever and we'll go somewhere else I think that's uh, what he'll do. It first here, folks. Yeah, that's wow. what my prediction is. So, but I think that um, I think he leaves Daenerys. Now that would change my other my previous question answer, but I don't know. I think no. we don't know. We clearly don't know. Okay, <laughs> uh, two more questions. Okay, whose character reunion are you looking forward to most? We, in season seven, just got, like, mounds and mounds of characters getting to reunite and come back together. In season eight, we have a few more that are anticipated. Who are you most looking forward to seeing together on screen again? All right. Well, I got to – I got to – if I don't mention this, then my wife would be pretty – Jade would be pretty upset. Um, Gentry and Arya, a lot of people want that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I But me personally, I want – Brianna Tar and Jane uh, or yeah no no not Torment uh and Jamie Lannister I want oh, yeah. I want those two to re- reunite and have a child and then that is wow. the person yeah wow that escalated they just meet again and they have a kid Dude, right they there. are in love okay there's not a time really to be like bring, bringing kids in right now like the walkers I mean, are there you never know Anything could happen. Uh, I think, obviously, I think the the you know the sap in me uh, wants to see Arya and Jon Snow together. Obviously, Arya or the Jon Snow and Sansa was really good, really tugged on the heartstrings. Um, and I w- just wish Bran wasn't so serious. Bran is my favorite character, so I, I just love the way that Bran's character has has gone. Uh, but Bran and Jon, I really want to. I wanted to see too, yeah. because. If you remember uh, when John said goodbye to Bran, uh, it was like that really heated exchange with John and um, Catelyn Stark mm. it, by the bedside with Bran, and you know Ned showed up there, and Catelyn's like, "I want you to leave." When he was trying yeah, to say goodbye to Bran, right? And so 
I really would love to see that, but like Brand has no emotion anymore, so I yeah. really don't know if that scene's going to pay off the way I wanted to. So, yeah, and he he might yeah. just he might just say like, "Oh, you're going to die." No, he's going to. I think there's a part in the trailer where he's talking to someone and he says, "All everything you've done in this life has led you here to home," and I think that's when he's talking to John. Oh, I think that, that's what Brand's going to say. But maybe we'll see. Huh. I maybe we'll see. Maybe you guys already know. You're listening right now, and you are. I'm he's so just jealous. he walks in the door and John John walks in the door and Brand's like, "Yeah, you just banged your aunt, dude." Yeah, right. right? Like right off the bat, like, <laughs> like don't even ease him in. The first thing, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. That's great. Um, okay, All one right. last question. Uh it's kind of a buzzer beater. I'm just curious to see who'll answer answer it first. Uh what do we say to death? Not today. Yeah. Wait, sorry. Repeat the question. I, I had no snare in my headphones. Oh, yeah, sure. I likely story. No, likely I'm story. serious. It's I had no snare in my headphones. What do we say to death? Oh. Why, hello. Not today. Why, hello. <laughs> That's what we Why, say. hello. Johnny is on Team White Walker. It's so clear. Uh, no, uh, it's just like, no, I'll be honest with you. After I rewatched the end part, or like the end the last episode and like realistic let's be real here how is how on earth is this gonna have like even if you get all the dragon glass that you could possibly mine it's the dragons right it has yeah, to be the dragon gotta be that that's or, the only here's that's your only way to win okay here i got a i got a question for you two for chelsea and for travis all right and Jade and I were talking about this yesterday. Obviously, the dragon is going to have to die by the contraption that they made, right? The bit that they were originally. Yes. Who do you think? So they're going to make a big arrow that has dragon glass on it, right? And that's how they're going to oh, have yeah. to beat. Okay. Who do you think is going to shoot that? Who do you think is going to be the person who shoots Jamie? that? So yeah, that's what I think. I think Jamie. Jamie. Well, because look, Jamie can't really fight all that well anymore. So right. because with the one, so give him something he can do that's really big. I no, like that. He he couldn't do that. There was an episode where he couldn't. He told Braun to go do it. Right. Because he only had one hand. Right. Yeah. So he that maybe he does fire. it still. Maybe they load it for him or whatever. Yeah. Well, I really think I really buy into the like so much has been made about the way that Bran can warg. And so I really think we're going to see some really in intense stuff there. Like maybe he works oh, into a dragon. That would be dope. They also made a big deal about how he was the only one who could warg into other like beings, humans. Oh, yeah. So like what's going on there? Yeah, what that could be interesting. Do? And isn't it in the books? Can't Jon Snow also warg? Well, I think a lot of them can warg in the books, like the Starks. It's like in their blood. Like I think Arya in the books can. I think. Um, interesting. Yeah. Okay. I think there's a lot of stuff there. All right. Man, well, what a great show. Yeah, that was awesome. Thank you so much, Chelsea, for the questions. Hey, Whisper Nation, if you were wa if you watched last night and now you're listening to our show or you haven't watched it yet and you want to answer the questions, let us know. What do you think of Travis and I's response? Do you agree with us? Disagree? What are your opinions? We want to know. 
And as always, please like and subscribe on the video and follow us on all social media platforms. But if that's too complicated, like you're just like, oh, that's too many things I have to go to. Just go to the fantasywhispers.com and we have all the links on our on our homepage to all of our social media as well as we're constantly putting up new stuff. We've got new articles coming out. Uh, we got Stepmom Lauren just put out an article for us and we just... Travis, you want to you want to tell Whisper Nation what we just yeah uh, really excited about our man over in Philadelphia, Chase Buck. He is a brand new writer for the Fantasy Whisper. Is going to come on this uh, probably do some daily daily fantasy guide to to uh, help you guys out for those first timers playing daily. And he's got all sorts of other articles that he wants to put out. Um, and so we're going to get that ball rolling, and we're excited to bring him on the team. If any of you are aspiring writers for fantasy football and want to get in touch with us and talk to us a little bit about maybe contributing uh, to this awesome thing we've got going here, let us know. Slide in those DMs, message us. And as Johnny said, you can find a lot of this information at thefantasywhispers.com. All right. Until next time, that's Big Travi. I'm Johnny Game Time Hicks, and that's Chelsea, the woman behind the mirror, Chelsea Lee Byers. Where is this mirror? what where's the mirror it's wherever you want it to be (laughs) all right all right all right so until next time we are the fantasy whispers take it easy whisper nation we're out peace Peace. thank you for listening to the fantasy whispers podcast you can hear more from john and travis on google play soundcloud and itunes you can also follow us on instagram facebook and twitter at tf whispers 